Hello, good afternoon. Welcome to Journey Today. We're coming to you live from our studios in Kokum Limli. We're on DTT because we're free to on DSTV channel 421 and Go TV channel 125. We are a home of independent, fearless, and credible journalism. Coming up this afternoon, Pentecost elder kidnapped by armed robbers in South Africa released. He was not found. He's been freed. So, you know, of course, you know, when this thing happened, uh, the police uh, got involved and then other uh, authorities, you know, that were seized with this matter also started uh, doing their best. We have details. Plus, if you're planning to travel to South Africa beginning today, Ghana will not require a visa. But there are some conditions. And your ticket, and then, then you leave. But then, ordinarily, when you are traveling, you need to have your accommodation. You need to know where you are going to. Also, managers of the National Cathedral say it is fully cooperating with Raj and an accounting firm. It's uh, auditing firm. It accounts to and investigations into alleged conflict of interest. We have details. And in Parliament, minority demands answers from governing, uh, government following allegations that Ghana's 32% stake in Vodafone has been sold for $100 million on credit. Hearing that Vodafone have been sold out, sold out on credit at uh, $1 billion worth at less than $100 million, the minister must come and answer to this house. There's more as members promise budget showdown if government does not take steps to reduce taxes and ameliorate the sufferings of Ghanaians. We'll bring you all that uh, plus business, showbiz, uh, world news and sports coming up shortly. We're also live on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram and X at Join News on TV. My personal handle is Adanana Aisha. Please stay. An elder of the Church of Pentecost kidnapped in Johannesburg, South Africa, during a robbery incident in church last Sunday has been released. He was freed on Tuesday night and has been reunited with his family. The Church of Pentecost had declared a three-day prayer and fasting to ask God to intervene for the return of the abducted deacon. Vanessa Commissioner to South Africa, Charles O'Reilly, tells my colleague Elton Broby the police was instrumental in freeing the church elder. Uh, he was not found. He's been freed. So, you know, of course, you know, when this thing happened, uh, the police uh, got involved. And then other uh, authorities, you know, that were seized with this matter, also started uh, doing their best. 
the Church of Pentecost itself, uh, the Ghana High Commission, uh, who were thoroughly briefed. Then, uh, you know, subsequently uh, the, the deacon uh, was freed. So as we speak this morning, uh, last night, uh, he joined his family. Uh, he's doing well. Uh, he's with the family now. What briefing did you get? Was it a case of kidnapping, robbery? Uh, it, it, it's kidnapping. You know, because if you take somebody against his will, and then uh, what else, you know, can we say? You know, so you saw, you also saw the video, you know, the uh, guys went in there, they, you know, robbed all the uh, the congregants of, of their their mobile phones, their wallets, their monies and whatnot, and then they took him along, you know, so uh, he was kept in their custody for 48 hours, but thankfully uh, he's, been, he's been freed now. So the police was involved in... Absolutely, you know, okay. they were. And there was no ransom paid? No. So in, in terms of protection for the Ghanaian community, what has been done? Oh, uh, okay. You know, this, this, I, I would say this is an outlier. This is a one of... Uh, South Africa is a very beautiful country. And then, then in most of uh, these cities, across the world, across the globe, everywhere you go, you know, you, you have some pockets of some of this criminality. You know, going on. I wouldn't say this should define South Africa because it's, it's, it's you know, a world comes, South Africa welcomes, you know, people across all divides. So I would say that this is a one off thing and that uh, Ghanaians have been adequately uh, prepped over. I've, I've had uh, occasions to uh, meet them, engage them, discuss their security, like all the other ambassadors do, you know, wherever they find themselves. Uh, because everywhere you go, you just have to take good care of yourself. But have you also been in touch with this uh, Dickin? Yes, I have. And I have. is I've he in good spirits? Yeah, he's, 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 he's okay. He's doing well. He's fine. There's however good news for Ghanaians traveling to South Africa because beginning today, you will not require a visa to enter that country. This follows a successful agreement between the two countries. There are however some conditions that must be met before entry. Here is Ghana's High Commissioner to South Africa, Charles Oredo. Well, then you take it and then, then you leave. But then... Ordinarily, when you are traveling, you need to have your accommodation. You need to know where you are going to, and that, so that when you are engaged, or when you are engaged by the border control officers, you know they, they, you tell them, you convince them that indeed you are coming in to uh, visit, and that you are not coming in to work because uh, the the arrangement frowns upon people or Ghanaians who come in to stay forever, or Ghanaians who come in to study on this uh, arrangement, or Ghanaians who come in and then refuse to, to leave the jurisdiction. Mm. So with your passport, just get your ticket. You need to have your accommodation too. So that when you get there and then you ask, uh, why are you going and all that, then you know you tell them, but then it should be normal. They should allow you in. We did the, uh, the, the test run, and it was perfect. And then the 90 days is cumulative, meaning that, so if you enter South Africa today and you plan to stay, let's say, 10 days, mm. they would subtract the 10 days from the 90 days for a year. So now you're left with 80 days. You can even, you can also decide to give it, you know, one shot. You go there and then spend all the 90 days. Once you exhaust the 90 days within a year, and then you still want to visit South Africa, you have to apply for a visa. But what about those Ghanaians already in South Africa for one reason or the other in terms of their, 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 their stay, whether legal or illegal? 
that's not part of this deal. Initially, uh, as part of the negotiations, we had tried, you know, to uh, have some of these people, especially like those who don't have criminal record. You know, there are people there who've lived there throughout their whole lives. You know, they've contributed to the economy of South Africa. They've done their best. They've paid their taxes. Some are teachers, some are this and that. And we thought that, uh, you know, having shown good behavior, having shown that uh, they are desirous of, you know, living in South Africa, we thought that we could get them off, you know, whatever list that they find, they find themselves. But then that, that couldn't, that, that we were not successful in, in, in that regard. That was Ghana's High Commissioner to South Africa, Charles Oredo. Let's now cross over to South Africa and speak with a Ghanaian journalist resident there, Yakub Moro, for more. Yakubo, which time of the night did the rescue happen? Um, thank you. Um, uh, it was on Sunday around 10 a.m., which is Ghana time. Sorry, South African time, which is approximately 8 a.m. Ghana time. So the whole congregation were in the church. The church do conduct two services weekly on every Sunday. The first service only comprised of only Ghanaians due to the language barrier. They make use of the local language, which is key. And then the second service kicks in right after the first service, which comprises of English and then a, a local South African language. And that comprises of migrants or foreigners and then South Africans also. That form part of the second service. So during the first service, that was the actual service that included the elder who was kidnapped. And then according to the investigation, when these robbers arrived at the premises of the church, they were demanding for the elder, you understand, who is a, an integral member of the church. And also, he is also a member working with uh, one of the banks in South Africa. So it's sort of like a, 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 an attempted a, a, a plotted plan. They came in with a purpose, and that purpose was kidnapping one person. So they took advantage of the situation to rob fellow congregants about their personal belongings, bags, phones, etc. And then they left together with the elder, with the elder of the church who was kidnapped. We were only hoping that the gentleman would be released without any harm being caused to him. Because uh, kidnapping isn't first of its kind in South Africa. It normally occurs. As I even speak with you, there is one Muslim Indian who is a South African who has long been kidnapped. It's almost three weeks now. We have no idea about his whereabouts. The police are on high alert searching for him. Do, do you have an idea why the kidnapping is rife in South Africa? It all boils back to crime because people will do whatever it takes to make money out of frustration or and then out of the um, economic hardship that they are facing. Previously, people easily bumped into your shop to rob you of your belongings. So now they realize security is on high alert. So now the new mode of um, operation is kidnapping. They can kidnap you, like here, behind me is a school. I came to pick my kids. They can just come in here, walk in, even uh, kidnap a student, one of the learners then they will phone your family to pay this sum of money. Afterwards, that, that is when they will release the hostage. So how is the deacon, how is the deacon as we speak? Um, thank God he survived with no uh, bodily harm. But there is something that we call post-trauma. 
whatever situation you're passing, there is a trauma which you have to go for counseling just to cycle you out of that. So we are hoping that at least in the next coming days, he will be out of that and maybe there wouldn't be a, a setback whenever he recalls the incident that transpired. Ha has he, he said anything? Has he said anything since he was released? Um, the whole matter is still under police investigation because, yes, he has been released, but the criminals need to be apprehended and face the might of the law. So he's been declining to speak to us, and we are even not forcing him to endure more information to us. It's better he deal with the police so that the police will be able to apprehend the suspect because we need to put a total stop to such crime. Moria Kubo is a journalist in South Africa. Thank you so much for uh, updating us on this matter. Let's get on to other stories. A minority in Parliament is alleging government has sold Ghana's 30% uh, stake in vote, uh, the Vodafone for what they say is a paltry $100 million. According to former minority leader Harun Idrisu, who is also a former communications minister, Ghana's interest in Vodafone is worth more than a billion dollars and cannot understand why it will be sold for cheap and on credit. He's demanding that the communications minister, Eslo Usuikofo, if programmed to appear before the House, answer urgent questions on the transaction. I want the leader of government business and the business committee to program the Honorable Minister for Communications to come and respond to this house whether it is true that Vodafone, a $1 billion asset of the Republic of Ghana, have been sold on credit for less than $100 million U.S. million and what the state of that transaction is as an economic transaction within the meaning of Article 185 of the 1992 Constitution. And probably also to update this House on the withering away of Ghana's telecom landscape and its trend. The telecom sector used to be a major revenue source for the government. We are hearing that Vodafone have been sold out sold out on credit at uh, $1 billion worth at less than $100 million. The minister must come and answer to this house. The withering away of our telecom sector and their inability to pay revenue to government. But more importantly, you know, you know I don't speculate, Minister for Agri, you know that I'm about speculation. I'm like the blind man, when, I'm, when I say I'll throw a stone, I'm stepping on the stone. I'm aware that one billion asset, yes, it's on credit. Let them come and deny, yes, it's not been paid for. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. So I want the Minister for Communication to come and answer and probably add the preparedness of the country for a 5G generation. I thank you, Mr. Speaker. Let's all stay in Parliament because the minority in Parliament is promising there will be a showdown in the House if government does not take steps to reduce taxes and implement economic policies that will address the suffering of the public. Ghana is currently under an IMF program, but the economic indicators have not improved as expected. According to the minority leader, Dr. Kassiela Tofo, saying government will struggle to get the budget through the House if there are new measures which worsen the plight of citizens. Right, Honorable Speaker, let me use this opportunity to assure the people of Ghana that we in the minority caucus 
will scrutinize the upcoming budget statement and economic policy of government with eagle eyes. Mr. Speaker, the prevailing economic conditions has already made it very difficult for the ordinary Ghanaian and businesses. And therefore, we can't be a party to any policy or measure which makes things even more unbearable and, in fact, miserable for the already suffering Ghanaians and businesses. Mr. Speaker, let me be blunt here. The upcoming budget statement will encounter resistance if and if it does not prioritize the need of the people and businesses. This, indeed, is our bottom line. Right, Honorable Speaker? So if this government knows that its upcoming budget statement will not prioritize the business of the people, particularly the businesses, let them get ready for a showdown. Mr. Speaker, let them get ready for a showdown. Right, Honorable Speaker, the Minority Caucus, we have not forgotten the cry of the people of Ghana. We have held the government accountable and exposed its sins and want to assure the people of Ghana that we'll continue to do so. We are tired of seeing many young professionals leaving our shores in droves because they find no opportunities in our dear country as a result of harsh economic conditions, poor governance, and indeed corruption. Mr. Speaker, the position taken by the Minority Caucus is not intended to frustrate the government. Far from that, we have taken a decision and a position to be on the side of the people of Ghana, as we have done in the life of this parliament. But Majority Leader Seche Mensah Bonsu says that will be much ado about nothing. As for the budget statement, I believe we will all witness what we need to witness. And I believe since this government assumed the race of governance, nothing but the truth has ever been told to this country. And indeed, the truth will be told to this country. And I believe that people will see what steps that government has been taking to really reposition this country. Meanwhile, the Corporate Affairs Department of Parliament has applauded Jury News for its consistent and accurate news reportage from Parliament. This came up when a team led by the Director of Media Relations paid an official visit to the Joy Newsroom, singling out for mention Joy News's Kwasante for his selling performance over his colleague parliamentary correspondents. Director of Media Relations David Sebastian Damoa said the department is instituting various initiatives to help train and arm a lot more journalists of its kind to put out accurate and rich reports from Parliament. Parliament over the past years has enjoyed fruitful collaboration with multimedia. And uh, I want to congratulate you and especially your reporter. Um, we have a lot of media houses that report from Parliament. But for the past few months that we have assumed office, we realized that I don't know if we conduct our media monitoring activities. It's just a few media houses that carry out the reports. And if you look at the quality of the report, that even comes out. I think multimedia stands tall. So I want to take this opportunity to applaud your reporter. He has been doing a very good job. I think almost every day, I mean, when he's in the house, I just follow his reports. And we pray that that collaboration will be consolidated as we move forward so that parliament and multimedia 
we have a very good working relationship. As part of our activities, we want to initiate what we call Editors Forum. So this will be an opportunity where we'll meet with the various editors and senior reporters of the media houses to interact with leadership of parliament for them to have that working relationship, for them to interact with them and then ask them any question that borders on parliamentary democracy and then our development as a whole. Then we also want to create another platform where the right honorable speaker from time to time also interacts with the media. We call that one the speakers forum where the right honorable speaker will interact with senior reporters and editors. We realize that uh, it's, there's a gap. Uh, normally we only see the reporters who come to the house to report, but there are other people who work behind the scenes to ensure that the work that comes out is of good quality. So in order to bridge that gap and also ensure that we bring parliament closer to the people, to the media, we believe that when we create that platform for the press or for the media houses to interact with the right honorable speaker, it will serve as a very good platform to ensure that that gap is also bridged. Adding his voice is Deputy Director in Charge of the Media, Dr. Lawrence Kwatanishia, who says, as development partners, the department looks forward to more collaborations. Promises that they are going to construct roads, they are going to do this, but they are going to do that. But the main role or function of the MP is deliberative representational, oversight of the executive, financial control, as well as the legislative. So as members of the fourth estate of the role, you use your network to educate the people, for them to appreciate the mandate of parliament or parliamentarians, so that some of the pressures on the MPs can be minimized. The Joy News team, however, pledged to continue with the good work and also expressed hope the department will give them the necessary support to work smoothly from Parliament. I'm happy with what we are doing to build the capacity of the reporters. When we were there, we, all, we, we fought with the leadership to give us an office space. I don't know whether that has been done. Yes, yeah, Nana tells me it's been done, which is, uh, which is very good. And then also access to the committee here in Tukor. That is really where most of the work are done. And now that you are with the coming in of the new standing orders, you're going to make sure that reporters have access to some of these committee uh, meetings is, is also a plus. And I think that uh, I mean, I mean, just like if you're a reporter and you want to learn, that is clearly the place to be. These are platforms that are going to really enrich what we are already doing. And, and make it better. We can only do better, I mean, as far as the future is concerned. We definitely cannot go back. And so, yes, we want to give you that assurance that so long as we are together in this, we will do well to play our part as long as you also stay with us to do your part so that the greater goal is achieved. The trainings and everything will become more abreast of the workings of Parliament, and bring that, that to bear, obviously, in our reporting. So the closer you draw to us, the better the information flow. And like you've already said, we are at the forefront of putting information out there when it comes to Parliament. We are still your partners in this, and we're hoping that that will continue to be so. 
Away from that, managers of the National Cathedral say they are fully cooperating with the Commission on Human Rights and Administrative Justice and some accounting firms auditing its books and also investigating into alleged conflict of interest by some trustees of the project. Executive Director of the project, Dr. Paulo Pocomensa, says they have been transparent in the management of the project. He was addressing political parties on the progress of work. At the moment, uh, I want to begin with the fact that at the moment, there are two ongoing audits of the National Cathedral Project that seeks to look into issues of accountability, namely, one, an investigation by Shrage into issues of conflict of interest and procurement, and two, a financial audit by Deloitte. Uh, so the notion somehow that we are running away from accountability is simply false. In fact, since January, uh, Shrek has been involved in detailed investigations. We've been cooperating. They, they've been, but the last information I saw from Shrek was a questionnaire to the contractors uh, about how they came to be selected, and they wanted all the details. So everything is being detailed. There's the, the, the detailed uh, audit, Deloitte, I mean, extensive information they wanted. The last information they wanted was even anybody who's contributed to the National Cathedral they want the details. Uh, they, they, so to, to be sure that there's not been any uh, fishy, uh, we've, we, we said we are committed to ensuring that the process takes the time it needs uh, so that we will restore the confidence in this uh, project. Uh, to, uh, so really, that's, that's, that's the idea that somehow a project of this nature would not want to be accountable. It's, it's, uh, it's not, I mean, I can't fathom it. I can understand it. Uh, so, but this, on this notwithstanding, I want to state categorically that there is no criminality in this project. Uh, we have implemented the project with integrity, including accounting for all the monies from the state to the National Cathedral Project. Uh, we've repeated this and we repeat it again. There is no criminality in the National Cathedral Project. We have implemented this project with integrity and accounted for every penny. He also dismissed as mischievous claims of non-transparency in the payments of the key architects, said David Ajay. In the case of the consultants, uh, let me stress that this included a list of all the companies in the consultants' team. And that's all this uh, idea that somehow uh, we brought in an architect and paid him huge sums of money. No, uh, we, we don't actually have a contract for an architect. We have a contract for a consultant and a design team uh, made up of about 12 to 15 companies, majority of Ghanaian companies. So all the engineering work, uh, almost all the companies are Ghanaian companies. For the largest company in this project, actually, the design team, Sasa Fubuachie and Partners, uh, who are some of the leading engineering coming from the first day, uh, actually did the job 600. I mean, so we've really, uh, this idea that somehow one architect is receiving no project gives that kind of money to an architect. And we don't have a contract for an architect. We have a contract for a design team with Ajay Associates being the lead consultant. All this information, so selection and payments to the architect. While a project of this nature would always have opposition we are nonetheless concerned about the representations. For instance, the continuous presentation of the contract to the consultant is worrying. As none of the amounts bandied around comes anywhere near the contract amount.
And on your election headquarters, Vice President Dr. Muhammadu Baumia is defending his record in the Naneko Fawadu-led government. According to him, although his role as Vice President does not give him full control to manage the economy, he has supported the government with great ideas that have transformed the country. Dr. Baumia is therefore convinced that electing him as President will give him power to take decisions in making the economy much better. There's more in the following report by Samuel Mbura. The Vice President, Dr. Mahmoud Baumia, speaking at a Mammoth rally climaxing his campaign tour in the Upper East region, made reference to digitization in transforming the economy under the Akufado government. He's optimistic of doing more if he becomes President. And you know that the work of a Vice President is like the work of Assistant Headmaster, isn't it? Or First Vice Constituency Chairman, isn't it? That is the nature of my work. But if you ask me, Dr. Baumia, since you became vice president, what policies have you brought to bear on government that we can use to remember you by? I will tell you that we brought the Ghana card. No guarantor student loan. Digital address system. Mobile money interoperability. I have been able to support the government with all of these ideas, all of these ideas as vice president. It means that if by the grace of God you make me the presidential candidate and I become the president, I will do much, much more. I will do much, much more for all of us. Dr. Baumia also indicated that among the four aspirants contesting the flag bearer race in the MPP, he is the only candidate that is a threat to the political fortunes of the NDC in the 2024 general election. In 2020, didn't we beat him? So if they are bringing him in 2024, who do you think can beat your Mahama in 2024? <laughs> it's me. It's me. We beat him in 2016. We beat him in 2020. And I will beat him in 2024. So... On November the 4th, I'm just asking you to please give John Muhammad to me and I'll beat him for you. Wife of the Vice President, Samira Baumia, has also extolled the qualities of her husband that make him suitable to lead the party.
And the signal is that it is. It is. It is. For them to know we are ready for 2020. Meanwhile, the candidacy of Dr. Mahmoud Baumia has garnered overwhelming endorsements from the delegates across the country as regional chairman and leading the front with the pledge of giving him 100% votes at the Congress. The youth of Garo and Timpani in the Upper East Region are demanding an unqualified apology from the Ministry of National Security and the Ghana Armed Forces for the brutality meted out to civilians in the two districts at dawn on Sunday. At a joint press conference in Garo, the youth also demanded a full-scale investigation into the incident. According to them, some personal belongings of some of the civilians were taken away from them and must be returned. These unprofessional military men claim that some of the some some alleged foreign national security operatives who were in Garu on an official assignment bare faced falsehood peddled by the Ministry of National Security. Ladies and gentlemen, permit us to set the record straight on some falsehood and half truth peddled by the Ministry of National Security in their 29th October press release. One, the Ministry of National Security claimed that the Arab youth attacked the vehicle when the officers were seated in the Land Cruiser vehicle with registration number GS 7520-22, which was removed and kept aside the vehicle. This is not accurate. The record should reflect that the officers were not in the vehicle, but rather inside the police station at the time the unknown assailants fired gunshots into the vehicle. The claim by the, NASA, the Minister of National Security that the officers shot refuge at the police, the Garu police station, is woefully, is, is wholly inaccurate, and yet another attempt to claim disaffection for the people of Garu and Tipani. It, it was rather the vigilant youth who requested that the claim officers go with them from the, their hideout to the police station to authenticate their identity. If the Minister of National Security claimed that their barbaric act and unprofessional conduct was to retrieve the weapons used in attacking the vehicle, at least the DCEs were present at the time of the torture. We asked, where are the seized weapons? Yes, there are no single reported incident of the retrieval of weapons from any of the homes invaded. We asked, did the Minister of National Security and the military invade and visit such heinous crimes on the people of Wadewale when a VIP bus that loaded passengers from Kumasi was burned into ashes no. at the Walewale police station. No. No. Why the people of Garu and Tempani? Oh, sorry. Okay. On Tuesday, 
We're still live on joining us today. Let's take a break. When we return, we'll bring you the very latest coming from the world of business. The 2023 Ecobank Joy News Habitat Fair is more than an exhibition. It's the gateway to your dream home. Don't miss this chance to make informed decisions about every aspect of your living space. Join us at the Accra International Conference Center from Thursday, November 23rd to Sunday, November 26th, 2023. This year, we are diving into the theme of home ownership, exploring the nuances between affordability, comfort, and luxury. We are bringing everything housing under one roof just for you. See you there. The Ecobank Joy News Habitat Fair is in partnership with Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank, and powered by the Plant City Extension Project from Citizen Habitats, Rent to Own, and sponsored by Elegant Homes and General Constructions Limited, where quality meets value. Global Lighting, your solution to quality lighting. Syntex Tank, Air Strong, Air Tough, Springfield Estates, where dreams are built. Virtual Security, Complete Security Solution, DBS, your roof experts. Virtual Infosec Africa, Security Solutions by Design, St. Gobain, Making the World a Better Plan, Clifton Homes, Beautiful Homes, Wise Investments, The Kissington Heights, Airport City, Kumasi, by HDG Homes Limited. Your favorite TV game show, Step Up, is back with another amazing season. This time, we are stepping up with Syntex Tank. Step up with Syntex Tank. We'll see contestants answer questions of your choice and win over 6,000 Ghana CDs cash prize weekly and other products from our sponsors. This season, viewers at home should watch out for the Syntex Tank question of the week. Be the first to answer correctly via WhatsApp or send SMS to 050-833-8888 and win incredible prizes. The person who answers most of the weekly questions correctly and fastest gets a 65-inch Samsung TV at the end of the season. Step up with Syntex Tank, showing on Joy Prime every Sunday, 7.30 p.m. Sponsored by Bell Ives, MTN Momo, Angel Cola. Powered by Syntex Tank. Joy Prime, your ultimate experience. Every day, people have money emergencies. Mom, I need my school Emergency. Mom, I need money emergency. Emergency, emergency. Catch it. I'm your rent. Emergency. Now, there's a new emergency number in town. More money, more money, Charlie Ellis. 
Dial star 770 hash for money emergencies and get easy and quick access to your money, loans, and other banking needs. Echo Bank, the Pan African Bank. That's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow. It has a working surface like it. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-S. Syntax. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil That's not true. But why? Why? <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Hi, good afternoon. Welcome to Business. My name is Daryl Kwao. The Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry is asking government to use the 2024 budget to inspire hope by initiating prudent fiscal policies that will propel private sector growth. This, it believes, will stimulate economic development. According to the Chamber, its members have had to bear the brunt of a recent economic turbulence coupled with exorbitant taxes. Speaking at the Chamber's 47th Annual General Meeting, President Clement Ozamaku called on government to use the 2024 budget to turn the struggling economy around. Speaking to Joy Business at the 47th Annual General Meeting of the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industries, President of the Chamber, Dr. Clement Samuakun, stated that businesses over the last couple of years have been reeling under the harsh economic conditions, hence the need for prudent economic policies to stimulate private sector growth. We had made it clear to the government to look at reducing some of the taxes. Especially the key one is the COVID tax that we have always been mentioning. Uh, we believe that the private sector rather needs more harm than to suffer when we are talking about economic challenges. Um, the situation is that our businesses are not doing well. And so if there are some tax that will not help us to grow, then it's inimical to our growth. Responding to these concerns, Minister of Trade and Industry Katie Hammond said government is not oblivious of the current economic conditions, therefore will institute measures to support the development of the private sector. We as a government would continue to implement transformative initiatives and key strategic sectors which would anchor our vision of industrialization. And the members of this dynamic chamber and its partner business associations, I wish to assure you that your businesses are key to our competitiveness in the domestic market as well as within the context of the African free trade 
continental, African continental free trade area. Delivering the keynote address, chairman of Magdan Group, Dr. Daniel McCauley, called on businesses not to give up yet, as there are diverse opportunities in the midst of the economic difficulties. Many a time there's blessing in difficulties. Uh, if we all brace ourselves to the challenging uh, times, you realize that there is hidden in it uh, the opportunity. So for me, uh, we cannot all continue complaining. We have to find opportunity amidst problems. The 47th AGM was under the theme, building business confidence in the midst of the economic challenges. Now, indigenous textile manufacturer GTP has opened its maiden retail and ready-to-wear shop in Accra. As the first of its kind in Ghana, the shop, which is located on the Oxford Street in Osuhia in Accra, will provide customers with a wide range of new and old fabrics as well as exciting contemporary outfits made for all occasions. Here's more in this report. The outdooring of GTP's new retail and ready-to-wear shop in Accra witnessed a lot of excitement from patrons. The shop, which is located on the vibrant Oxford Street in Osu, is aimed at offering customers a fusion of authentic traditional GTP fabrics with contemporary fashion styles. The move is expected to introduce the indigenous fabric line to the young and young at heart with trendy fashion lines. Marketing director of GTP, Mary Ann Boating, details the rationale behind GTP's first ready-to-wear shop. They wanted a way that they can come into a shop, just like they pick Western fabric. They can come into a shop and then pick a ready-to-wear outfit for any occasion at all. In the past, it was just the fabric. And then they have to go through the trouble of going through a seamstress or a tailor, which is why we decided to launch our new ready-to-wear collection with a consumer in mind. So it caters for all shapes and sizes, especially our Ghanaian shapes, body shapes and sizes, which most of the Western fabric do not cater for. And it also allows convenience. Here are options available to customers who may not be able to do walk we actually have a, a service, a bespoke service. So if you if you come into the shop, and I'm sure you see everything, you see a lot of things that you like, but if you don't find something that you like, we actually have a service that actually provides you tailor-made outfits to your specifications. Or you can call in and then order ahead and then pick it up or be delivered. We also have an e-commerce site. So if you go to shop.gtpfashion.com, straight away in a convenience of your home, you can be the, uh, the outfit and the fabric can be delivered to you. It's a pioneer initiative from GTP. Um, this is uh, offering easy access both online in the comfort of your home and then a brick and mortar shop where you can walk in, have a feel, have the experience of the shop in, its, in all its glory. TV host and content producer Sika Osei expressed excitement at the new clothing lines. Just being here alone, I've seen so many different the versatility of styles that um, people have done, which makes it, you know, just very, very, very beautiful. So, yeah, kudos to GTP with their new ready-to-wear line. I've seen some pieces that I'll be picking up myself. Um, I think I can use it for church. I can use it to go shopping. I can use it to just do just about anything. So, yeah, it's beautiful. Getting trendy already made outfits has been made easy through GTP's new fashion lines. Alternatively, customers can visit shop.gtpfashion.com for your outfit. And that's all for this segment. The news continues after the break.
vitamins? Yes, 12 essential vitamins that growing bodies need. So we'll grow healthy and strong. And smart. Absolutely. Kidivite Multivitamin Tonic contains all the essential vitamins and nutrients needed for the healthy development of children from age 1 to 12 years. Also available, Kidivite Multivitamin Drops for babies under 12 months. Grow strong, grow healthy with Kidivite. Distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. Good afternoon. Let's do sports now. On the join you today with me, Muftaro Nabila Abla. The Confederation of African Football has announced nominees for the 2023 CAF Player of the Year. Ghana's uh, Thomas Partey and Mohamed Kudus have been nominated as part of the players who will be in contention for the top gong of the continent football governor body. The announcement, which was made uh, just about a couple of minutes ago, has uh, Thomas Partey and Mohamed Kudus. Uh, two of Ghana's stars during the World Cup in Qatar, uh, though the, the senior national team exited the competition at the group stage level, Mohamed Kudus especially stood tall among his peers during the competition. The awards ceremony is scheduled to uh, take place later this year. And also, uh, NS Nyoma, he has been nominated for Young Player of the Year. Meanwhile, the Black Stars will begin their campaign for the next FIFA World Cup, which is going to happen in the USA, Mexico, and Canada on November 17. The Ghana Football Association has announced that the game will be taking place at the Bawaiara Sports Stadium following the approval of the venue for the qualifiers. Ghana will need to start on a very good note against Madagascar before traveling to come up against Comoros, a nation the Black Stars lost 3-2-2 during the African Cup of Nations. Uh, in the last edition. So uh, Chris Hutton and his boys are expected to camp next week and uh, start preparations for that game, which is going to happen on Friday, November 17. Kickoff is at uh, 4 p.m.
And also later today, we'll have the semi-final of the African Football League. It is Al-Ali versus Mamelodi Sundowns, and also Esperance will come against Wadak. Al-Ali, uh, they are at home against Mamelodi Sundowns, but Sundowns have got a one-goal advantage. And uh, also in the second tie, which is going to be uh, between Esperance and Wadak Casablanca, uh, Wadak have got a one-goal advantage ahead of the semi-final. Both games will be live on Joy Prime. That's your sports for now. We do have more sports stories on myjoyonline.com. We appreciate your time. moment for me whenever I have to record music because whenever the place is dark, mm. I feel I'm in the studio alone, even without the producer. The vibe that births excellence, special skills, talent, and mastery. Welcome to E-Vibes with Becky on the channel. Well, you're welcome to Showbears and the 2023 edition of Dome Praise was at the Perez Dome on the 29th of November 2023 with the theme, Harmony of Faith Voices United in Praise. Well, this year's edition of Dome Praise was just for choirs, so 11 choirs mounted the stage to give patrons a memorable event. The multimedia choir gave a stunning performance and kept all the patrons in the auditorium standing on their feet throughout the performance. Well, if you missed out, this is a glimpse of what happened when multimedia choir got on stage.
so massive and I'm so happy. I'm very happy to have an encounter with a lot of people. And as you can see, my voice is already going. Because the joy, the joy, Charlie, I can't, I can't even express myself. Because I've, I've experienced a fake grace and I can't wait to see PSC, Esther, Kofi Pepra and the rest. I'm so overwhelmed. And I've even gotten strength because the word says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I've been overwhelmed. I don't even know what to say again to the organizers is that God richly blessed everybody who, who contributed to the program. I, I think this thing should continue and it's going to open doors for a lot of people and I'm saying that may the almighty God show his blessing upon everybody who's spending is inside this program. Well, I came all the way from Kaswa just to experience Adum um, praise so everything is good the, the ministers they are on point everything is on point it's in eternity yeah because the performance was mad everything is on point everything is on point so I think eternity is good. I'll say God bless you all because it's not easy to organize such a big program, so God bless you all. That's what yeah, I I'm very, very, very fulfilled and excited. I really got what I wanted. That As of now, I'm satisfied, and I know I'm not going empty-handed. Whatsoever words are in the song, and whatsoever movement I did, God has appreciated it. And I know whatsoever blessing I deserve, me and my generations will get it. This is my first time, but I think it's a great experience. I enjoyed the choir, the various choir. ICGC was good. And because I'm a Voltarian too, uh, I liked our own people, the Better Revival choir. Everything was okay. It's, it's, the worship was nice and I felt the spirit. Uh, this is the first time I'm attending this program. Um, though I've been a member of this church for some years now, but I, I now have the opportunity to be here. And I cannot express my joy in worship and praises inside there. I, I felt lifted up this evening. And I felt that what I'm going through personally. And there you had all the patrons, or some of the patrons who came, and some of the first-timers. It was indeed a beautiful sight to behold. Well, the name is Ibrahim Benbako, and let me hand it over to Aisha Ibrahim. Of course, from daddy <laughs> to daughter. Thank you so much, Ibrahim, uh, for bringing us uh, the show best. That will be it for the bulletin, actually. My name is Aisha Ibrahim. Do